the name of the risen Christ. Amen. Amen. There's nothing quite like a vacation to refresh my perspective on where I live. Last week, I was resting in the slow-moving, spacious, quiet climbs of northern Missouri. This past Tuesday morning, I found myself stuck behind traffic on East Blythedale. Everyone, including me, was anxious to get the children to school on time, and I ended up in the way of a cross street. A large, sleek, late-model SUV was at the corner wanting to turn left onto Blythedale, and I was, quite simply, in the way. The incident that ensued reminded me that I was home in Mill Valley. As with most Mill Valley on-the-street confrontations, nobody rolled windows down. But I got a sense of what was being said on the other side about my bad manners for blocking her way, for wasting her time, for interrupting her schedule and her needs with my old rattling 97 Civic and my five-year-old in back eager to get to kindergarten. The thing is, I'm not very good at reading lips. So I backed up to get out of her way, chagrined and recognizing where I truly belonged in the pecking order of Mill Valley. Yes, I was home. Back to the frenetic, the frantic, and the familiar. By the weekend, quite naturally, I was fraught trying to keep up with the pile of work. And my wife and I had been around the track a few times over my habitual reenactment of the story of Noah in our kitchen by putting too much soap in the dishwasher. I was under pressure of several missed deadlines and felt exhausted, emotionally at least. And by yesterday morning, my email at the office had simply quit working. So I ran home to get the car because I was late for an appointment. I burst through the doorway, and I said to my family in a loud voice, I'm going to hear the Dalai Lama. No, it was true. And it was about time. He was coming to speak at Cal, and a friend had invited me to go. But before I dashed back to the car to drive and meet my host in the East Bay, Daniel stopped me at the door and said, God bless you, Daddy. So as I drove over to Berkeley, I wondered what had happened to me and Easter. What had happened to the joys of Eastertide and the assurance of resurrection and redemption. So on a beautiful Northern California spring day yesterday afternoon, I joined 8,000 other fortunate people in the Greek theater to hear the Dalai Lama. The motorcade's arrival prompted a standing ovation, as you can imagine, and after the opening celebrity pleasantries, there was the best-known monk in the world in his Tibetan red on the stage, slowly taking off his shoes and tucking his 70-something-year-old legs under him in a large armchair while everyone waited and wrapped with silence. 
with an almost otherworldly calm and a chuckle and amusing exchanges with his attentive interpreter, the Dalai Lama then slowly proceeded to unpack his thoughts before the audience for over an hour and a half. I won't do that to you this morning, I promise. The theme was simple. The centrality of compassion was his theme in building a peaceful life and a planet. And something he said really struck home with me, the practice of compassion must be practical. So about the time he began to talk about the place of forgiveness and compassion, the woman seated behind me in the cement stadium kicked over her water cup, leaving me sitting in a cold puddle. And it was at that moment that I had to chuckle. Because in the midst of that, the quiet voice that was coming across the stadium and the simple message was of one of a revered leader in exile, his words mingling with the wind in the trees before a sea of students who were uncertain about their future and faculty worried for their jobs and people caught up in recession. And all his words were reminding me that there are more important things in life than a wet bum. And the Dalai Lama was calling us to remember that our perceptions are not reality. And the sooner we get that, the better off the world will be. Then I began to smile in a way that would stick with me for the rest of the day. For despite a week of trying to catch up with all my illusions and overflowing dishwashers and angry SUV drivers and my damp behind, I began to understand today's Easter gospel, even Easter itself anew, through the wisdom of no one other than a Tibetan Buddhist monk. In today's Gospel from Luke, the first disciples are discussing resurrection. And they're batting back and forth the experiences that a few of them had encountering the risen Christ on the road to Emmaus. When all of a sudden, Jesus appears among them, unexpected and uninvited. And he talks of peace. They react with the familiar response of humanity to the unexpected and the unbidden. They're scared. They're alarmed. Suddenly, the illusion of control over what's been happening is shattered. The risen Christ is no longer a safe story or an abstraction, no longer a controllable perception or simply the embellished tales of a few or perhaps a lofty theological principle. No, Jesus, the risen Christ, is practical and tangible, like true peace and compassion, like the practice of the best of our tradition, overturning our perceptions and distortions of God's grace with words of peace and a simple request for something to eat. A demand that we touch the fleshiness of our Savior, seeking the eyes and hands and love of Christ. In the incarnate witness, the new life died and risen through baptism, sitting right next to us this morning in the pew, sitting across the kitchen table, blessing us 
as we race out the door, swearing at us through glass in an SUV, accidentally kicking the water cup over and getting our seats wet. And in all of that, teaching us the great abundance of life, teaching us how to live in community with God's creation, overturning our narrow notions and abstract intellectualizations about the way things should be, and instead inviting us to embrace an embodied presence that says, touch and know. And then asks, have you anything here to eat? The risen Christ instructs us in today's gospel on the practical implications of Easter. Stay here, he says to his followers, even in the midst of dangers, even in the city of crucifixion, and proclaim the message of repentance and forgiveness of sins. Live into the practice of compassion that I have shown you, the peace over warfare, the good news over the evils and violence and bad news of the world. Live into the messiness of life in the midst of the good and bad and embody the good news of resurrection by cultivating peace. I think the Dalai Lama would understand this gospel. In a profound sense, sitting yesterday afternoon in a packed theater, I heard in his words the words of Easter life calling. I realize the Dalai Lama has much more than I to resent, much more than I do to make him fraught. His people suffer from incessant occupation and a constant threat to their peaceful way of life. He is, at one level, a leader in exile, eyed with suspicion, whisked from city to city and continent to continent by motorcade. And the phalanx of security for his mortal life is constantly under threat. Yet he sits and he chuckles and he jokes with the teeming masses who come out to greet him. And he imparts a simple, profound wisdom that I think Jesus would surely recognize. Live into compassion. Practice Easter. The goal is to see the world as it truly must be seen through God's eyes, not through the illusions that we are alone and isolated, not through the delusions of worldly power, but rather in the humility of grace and truth, recognizing that we are interdependent and that the whole human family is we. There is no them. All of creation is of a piece. The risen Christ discloses this truth to his disciples and to us, cosmic yet practical and liberating, tangible and imminent. In the resurrection, we are told that God's grace has won. In Christ, peace will always win and has already won. In Christ, compassion will ultimately rule. Repentance, redemption, and resurrection are here for the taking. 
here for the taking by engaging in a loving community, in the compassion of truth shared and lived out, hearts opened and transformed, the broken bread shared and the common cup passed. And we are invited, along with the first disciples, to engage in this deep practice of our tradition. New for our spiritual ancestors and new for us each year at this time, the simple but profound work of practicing, practicing being an Easter people. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing, welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or visit us online at OurSaviorMV.org. That's O-U-R-S-A-V-I-O-U-R-M-V for Mill Valley dot org. We wish you God's peace and we hope to be able to greet you in person very soon.